Good afternoon, everyone. And welcome to the War Memorial Opera House and the San Francisco Ballet Meet the Artist program. I'm Cheryl Osola, a writer with San Francisco Ballet and editor-in-chief of Dance Studio Life magazine. And I am both happy and sad to be here today with my guest, principal dancer Pierre-Francois Villanova. Today marks the end of Pierre's 23-year career as a dancer with Paris Opera Ballet and San Francisco Ballet. On behalf of the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education, which produces the Meet the Artist and other adult education programs, I'd like to thank you for coming and joining us today, the 21st of April, 2013. I'd also like to welcome our online listeners. The podcasts are available, the interviews are available via podcast at our website, sfballet.org. We are a bit behind in getting them posted right now due to some technical difficulties. So we do apologize if you're not finding what you're looking for. We're working on it and hope you will find everything you need by sometime in June. Uh, in the meantime, there's plenty of other stuff on the website, lots of information. Um, videos, photos, and the company's blog, Open Studio 455. <clears throat> Sorry about that. We've been lucky to have Pierre here with us since 1998, and it's hard to say goodbye. When a dancer of Pierre's stature and longevity retires, there's a tonal shift in the company. While I'm happy that he's poised for the next step in his life, and I'm grateful for the many gifted male dancers in this company, there's no denying that San Francisco is losing one of its defining personalities. Pierre has brought a unique mix of grace, warmth, passion, and playfulness to our studios and stages. And as much as I appreciate him as a dancer, one of the things I love about Pierre is how when we would sit down to chat about a ballet, the conversation tended to get derailed into something more philosophical or emotional, something that would touch on the intersection of ballet and the personal, his long-range perspective on dance, and his observations of how we all function in this world as human beings. I'm not going to describe the depth of Pierre's repertory. You've all seen him dance all these years, and you've seen his gifts, an emotion-laden physicality, intuitive partnering, a presence that fills this huge theater. I'll never forget him as Albrecht or Romeo or Onyegin, but I've seen the same immersion and depth from him in William Forsythe's In the Middle Somewhat Elevated and Helgi Thomason's Seven for Eight. Pierre can be boyish and mature, dynamic and melancholic, silly and sophisticated. And now he will take all those gifts elsewhere in a new direction. So Pierre, you decided some time ago that you would retire this season. What's the year been like? Has it been a, just a continual process of coming to terms with this? Um, it's, it's, it's not easy. The year has been uh, eventful for me. And um, I think uh, at the beginning, it, it was surreal. It, it, uh, I didn't realize anything what was, that was happening, even though 
I knew it. It, uh, it took me only in these last few weeks to start to have a grasp of, on what was happening and the planning on, of my last performance and, and uh, friends coming, to, coming, uh, coming here to see me dance and messages and, and, uh, and I don't know, it, it, it just, I think uh, until you experience the day and you're there, you, you just can't really realize what's happening and I, I, I actually think I still don't realize and maybe tonight I'll have a better idea but <laughs> we'll see. Well, I, a question that I would typically save for the end of an interview is one that I know everybody's wondering about so I'm just going to go ahead and ask it and that's what's next? Well, uh, what's next is uh, I have, been, I, I, I have been teaching in Marine for uh, about a year and uh, in the school and I really uh, enjoy it very much. So I'm going to pursue that and uh, try to develop it a little more. But at the same time, I've been going back to school for, uh, for the last six years and I want to finish these studies and uh, to, uh, gear myself toward psychology and study psychology on a deeper level. So I'm, I think I'm going to try and combine those two things. and. Uh, and survive. <laughs> when you say you've been teaching in Marin, you mean at Marin Ballet? Yeah. So, um, your last performance uh, is in a ballet called Symphony in Three Movements. Mm -hmm. And years and years ago, you told me that you love this ballet for its aesthetic and the geometry of it. And that your favorite moment was that opening lineup of 16 women on the diagonal. So I just wondered if you could dip into the memory banks a bit. <laughs> um, and, and, and dredge up just some, some roles, some, some people, some moments, some anything that's really kind of bubbling up with you right now. Well, um, you know, there were, uh, there were so many moments, so many people uh, I've danced with and ballets that I've danced. And, uh, it's hard to really choose one or another, one person or another, and um, I've been thinking in those last uh, few weeks uh, how important it was to actually uh, immerse yourself in a ballet, whichever it is, and have a very uh, great depth and uh, involvement in it, rather than just going superficially, because like that, the ballet uh, will stay with you longer because I realized in the last weeks, you know, because of my, my retirement, that ballets, you dance and a few hours later, you kind of forget that you've danced it already. You know what I mean? It's like it doesn't really stay with you. It's ephemeral. And, um, and I think that if you really put some depth into it and some emotion and, and everything, it will last for, for a long, long time. I have performances that I remember from when I was uh, very young and dancers that uh, I had a um, special connection with uh, on stage that I will remember for a long time. And um, I think this is where, where, I, where I come from is that uh, it doesn't matter which ballet and there are many that I will remember. And, um, I, I don't want to, <laughs> to go too, too, too long with that, but um, yeah. If you're just joining us, I'm in conversation with principal dancer Pierre-Francois Villanova. Well, that was actually what you just mentioned was one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because you said once that 
that you know what's most important to you is in 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 dancing any ballet is telling a story and and conveying emotion and that you would sacrifice technique for that kind of connection with your partner or the other dancers and with the audience at what point in your career did you actually realize that this is kind of how you tick well, it's a, it's a, it, it came more in the late of the career, obviously, with maturity. You know, at first, you really want to, to be very physical, demonstrative, show how much you can do. And uh, as, as, as you grow as, a, as an artist and uh, as a dancer, you, your body first uh, doesn't, don't allow you to do as much as you could in the past. So you have to compensate with something else. And with your life experience, I think uh, you bring even more to the stage and to the roles. And you, re you end up realizing that more importantly than executing the steps, or even if you ex uh, express them through the steps, more importantly is that your emotion make you do the steps. You know, it's from inside out rather than outside in. Yeah, and that's a, that's a really visible thing on stage. Is, um, I'm trying to remember when this was, I think maybe 2006, you were rehearsing Afternoon of a Fawn. And that's a ballet where uh, a young man and a young woman are admiring themselves and each other in this mirror. Um, Sorry, Jerome Robbins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but you you said you had you were relating to a moment the day before when you you were in rehearsal with Lorena doing Blue Rose, Helgi Thomason's ballet Blue Rose, and you were doing you were learning a step that didn't feel right in your body. It felt wrong in your body. And then when you looked in the mirror, you saw that yes, mm -hmm. yes, it's there. And I just wondered. Is, is that kind of, how often does that happen? And is that just part of learning a role? Is, is that something that's, that's usual? Well, I think uh, we don't necessarily realize that it's happening, but I think it's happening because when you work on a role, you, especially in partnering, you really look at yourself in the mirror and see what it looks like, you know? And so the shape that we do, we make together, and uh, sometimes, you know, the way you feel on, in your own body doesn't relate the ensemble. So seeing the ensemble makes you understand why it's beautiful, and then you can allow yourself to go in this position more comfortably because you believe in the, in the final product. But I think this is something that we do pretty much all the time. So maybe you've already answered this, but over 23 years, you know, as you've changed as an artist, as your body has changed, your priorities have changed, uh, and you've gained so much experience both on and off stage, what has, is, is there one thing that's kept you going or has that been something that's been dynamic as well? Um, I don't know. I... In a way, there is something, it was like what I was doing, you know, and I enjoy dancing, I enjoy, I enjoy performing. I mean, performing, being on stage is a, really a unique experience that I cannot describe or compare to with any, anything else that I've experienced in my life. And um, it just, you know, at some point there is a balance that uh, Muriel actually told me that. She's like, you, you know, when the, 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 
what you have to give in order to, uh, like, to prepare the, body, the, the pains and everything. When it's not as worth being on stage and performing, this is when you know that it's time. And um, of course, the older you get, the more pain you have and the more you have to deal with your, uh, your uh, physical, uh, physical restrictions. And, um, and I think this is, you know, how you, you get that uh, and uh, you're happy that, you know, you're not hurting yourself anymore at some point, you know. <laughs> so it sounds like just a constant rebalancing of the rewards versus what you're paying for it. Yeah, because the thing is when you, you know, even when you hurt a lot to prepare to a, to a, to a performance, even when some, most of the, I mean, not most of the time, but sometimes you perform your, half injured or injured, but you want to do it so badly that you get over it. And um, um, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> I, I lost my point a little bit. Well, just, just to kind of take that in, a, in another tack, um, you know, from your vantage point now, 23 years in, looking, well, way longer, because let's look at when you started dancing mm -hmm. and what you know? What's changed in terms of why why you chose this? Oh, why I chose that? I, I didn't choose it. <laughs> uh, the thing is, like, uh, I started when I was seven years old, and uh, it just happened so that I I watch a ballet on television, and uh, I really liked it. My parents wanted me to do some physical activities, and uh, I I mentioned ballet. And uh, so I did some ballet for uh, four years at the Conservatory of Lille, and my teacher saw some potential in me, so he mentioned to my parents that I should uh, go to the Paris Opera Ballet School, which I did, and I got in. But it wasn't a decision of mine. It was, I was just doing what I was told. And, uh, <laughs> but I liked it. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> and... Uh, um, when, once, once you're in the Paris Opera Ballet School, this is a whole new ball game. You know, it's, uh, you don't even think that you're not going to be a dancer. This is, you're, you're, grow, you're, you're um, raised to be a dancer and most likely a dancer of the Paris Opera Ballet. And, uh, but so, so the decision was never mine. Uh, mine, I mean, I was just doing what I was supposed to do. And I got in, and with the years, of course, I developed my appreciation to, to ballet, but it's, I've never had this moment where I'm like, oh, I want to be a dancer. Never. <laughs> so when you made the decision to come here, what, what was it that interested you about San Francisco? Well, you know, uh, San Francisco Ballet is the only company in America that matched the repertoire that was in Paris uh, at the time, because in Paris we do from very classical to very con contemporary work. And when you look around in, uh, in the US, uh, San Francisco was, uh, was the one at the time, you know? And uh, so that was kind of an easy decision, you know? It's like, <laughs> we come here, we audition, whether we get a contract or not, it's, it is what it is, and uh, thankfully, uh, it worked out. So seeing as you never really made the decision to dance, was there ever a time when you questioned whether this is really what you wanted to do? Oh, yeah. Or was that like every day? <laughs> 
I questioned it several times, yeah. Uh, when, the, when, you know, when you experience hard times, pain, injuries, and you're like, is it really worth it? When you, you know, of course in the studios, you're also confronted to the personalities and, uh, and you en encounter quite a bit of conflicts. And uh, you're like, is it worth it? Um, but in the end, you know, I've stayed until now, so it was, I guess, worth it until now. <laughs> Well, it's been worth it for us, right? <laughs> yeah. If you're just joining us, I'm talking with principal dancer Pierre-Francois Villanova. And I am going to open this up to you for questions in just a minute, so put your thinking caps on. Um, so I guess um, I would just like to know, without getting too personal, what are you looking forward to doing once you retire? Yeah, as I said uh, uh, earlier, I'm going to study psychology and I really want to dive into it and uh, immerse myself uh, and uh, try to really go as far as I can. And, uh, and uh, also the teaching which has inspired me greatly and uh, it was a kind of a surprise to me. I didn't think that I would uh, appreciate teaching as much as I do and uh, the more I teach, the more I appreciate it. So, and, you know, it's teaching me a lot about myself, and uh, it's, it's, it's a really nice experience. So this is the first project after, of course, as we all know, maybe in two months it will be changed, but <laughs> for now, that's that. Well, I hope there's a hammock somewhere with your name on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are, are, what, are, what ages are you teaching? Uh, I'm teaching between 15 and 18 years old, which uh, is very interesting for me. It's like I feel like this is the, the age group that uh, fits with me uh, quite a bit. I can express myself and be understood. And, you know, this is a very interesting uh, age group where they are just ready to get into adulthood. And uh, they are still teenagers who don't know that much about life and think they do know more. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> Boys and girls, or? Uh, right now it's only uh, girls, yeah. Okay, I want to give you guys a chance to uh, ask Pierre some questions, so yes. How do you get in shape to be able to do all the lifts and things? Well, you know, everybody is different. You know, everybody develops their body differently. Some people do need to, to do workout, uh, lifting, lifting weights and uh, cardio, doing it on the bike and, uh, and everything. Some others have that more naturally, so just uh, the practice of partnering uh, develops the, the, the strength and the muscle. But uh, you've got to realize also that uh, partnering and lifting girls is not only about strength, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a pas de deux, it's, a, it's a something that you do together, so there is a, a coordination that we create, and you, you don't really need that much strength when you do it right. Yes. It sounds like for you, psychology and dance are not two separate things. Um, can you talk about just how your experience with dance has informed your interest in psychology and how you intend to combine those two? The question is how his, uh, how psychology and dance inform each other and how you plan to combine them. Um, 
I think as a dancer and uh, as a partner, as I was saying, we interact with people all the time and we are uh, very exposed in the studio because you expose your emotion, you, you are very vulnerable. Therefore, the interaction has to be very careful and that's why we get into conflicts easily because you're easily uh, you feel attacked or uh, something like that uh, very easily. And uh, so you have to naturally develop this sense of psychology, try to understand where the other comes from, how they think and everything. And um, this is a reason why also I want to, to, to develop uh, my, my knowledge in psychology. And um, having taught those uh, girls uh, from 15 to 18 years old, it's, uh, it's uh, shown me a, a whole new era, uh, area uh, of uh, psychology that uh, I was not familiar with, you know? <laughs> and. <laughs> And I think like learning about psychology, one is not only about ballet, it's, it's, it's applicable for everyday life, for everything you're doing. But uh, it, uh, as far as teaching, uh, you can, uh, uh, with more knowledge, I'll be able to incorporate and convey uh, what I have to give to those girls a lot better, I think. Some, yes, waving. <laughs> Your first ballet here that was not Nutcracker. Wow, that's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody have the program of... <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I do not remember that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, They're I... saying Les Sulfides, but no. no, no, doesn't seem to be it. Okay, another question. Yes. Are there any partners you felt a special connection with besides well, all of them? <laughs> well, as I said before, yeah, all of them uh, are special. Uh, because every, every person, uh, every dancer is different and those they require something different from you. And uh, it, it's very interesting. However, <laughs> I've had this question uh, asked uh, like a week ago to me and, uh, and I, I answered the, that the, the, the partner that was the most uh, special for me was my ex-wife. Uh, because uh, when you dance uh, with, uh, with your wife, it's, uh, uh, when you're on stage, it's something magical because there is something greater than just a partnership. You know, there is an, uh, an emotional involvement. And uh, although in the studio it can be a little difficult, once you're on stage, it's really magical. Now, said that, uh, of course, Muriel Mavre was a, a great partner for me. She, she kind of brought me up where, where I was. She taught me a lot, and uh, she was very dedicated. And, and uh, so I, I took that uh, once she retired to, to my next partners, you know. And, of course, I danced a lot with Sarah, who is, uh, of course, a partner that I will cherish. Uh, a lot also, but you know, Lorena, Vanessa, Courtney, Elizabeth, uh, I mean, I, they, they, they all really are uh, very, very meaningful to me because 
I, I think this is my personality to try to create a, a, a relationship in, with my partners. I don't want to just dance and being two people dancing together. I want to really create a couple. So um, I think for that reason, uh, I, I think I have a special relationship with each partner I've danced with. <laughs> yeah. That was my first one. Just, <laughs> just a comment that you and Joanna Berman did a Giselle that he would never forget. That she would never forget. Sorry about that. Yes. Is there a male dancer whose work you've admired? Um, uh, it's, you know, uh, when, uh, when I was a younger dancer, of course you look up to, to, to the principal dancers, and uh, I, I wouldn't say one or another, uh, but you have several uh, uh, dancers, and of course those are dancers from Paris, because I was in Paris, and so Manuel Legris, Kader Bellarbi, uh, Charles Jude, um, uh, Laurent Hilaire, those are dancers that I, I remember watching and admiring on stage and to, to, to connect with uh, the first Giselle. When I, uh, when I did Giselle with Joanna Berman and I arrived on stage, it was not something unfamiliar to me. Actually, I knew exactly how I wanted to do it because I wanted to do that part like Manuel, I wanted to do that part like Laurent, and that part like, and so, and of course that made me me, you know what I mean? But I think you can find like that uh, uh, in many people, um, uh, like uh, some, some, somewhat of yourself that is, so you cannot, I, I cannot really say one dancer, of course. I could always say Rudolf Nureyev is the one that stands out of all dancers, but yeah. <laughs> Hang on, one moment, please. Sir, can you wait one moment? Sorry about that. Go ahead. Are there similarities between French and American in the 15 to 18 year old group you're teaching? Um, I, I, I didn't uh, get to teach the 15 to 18 years old uh, French girls, but um, I imagine the, the teenagers are similar all, all around the world. <laughs> but uh, as far as technique, of course, uh, they, they have more an American school than a French school, and my, my role is to insufflate some French uh, influence in there. Which choreographer's um, works did you feel most comfortable doing? Well, um, you know, when you work with a choreographer, it's uh, very important, uh, just like with your partners, to have a connection, uh, an intimate connection. And uh, I have uh, this connection with uh, James Kudelka, where we, we are very similar in, uh, in the way we feel and we think and, we, and the, the depth of things that we, we desire. And uh, John Neumeyer also, which uh, I worked with when I was in Paris and as a young dancer and uh, influenced me. And 13 years later, I was 
fortunate to dance Little Mermaid and work with him again here. So I, I would think that those two, those two are really special to me. Now the gentleman I had to ask to wait, is that you? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Is modern ballet more challenging than classical? Oh, oh. Is modern ballet more challenging <laughs> than, than um, classical? classical? Uh, those, uh, it's two different things. You know, classical is uh, in some ways very rigid. You know, it's a vocabulary that you know how you have to execute. And if you don't execute it perfectly, at least for the professional eye, it shows right away. And um, as modern, you can, it's more in, the, in, a, in a movement, a feeling of a movement, and uh, you can, uh, in some ways, interpret it more freely. You have more lay room uh, in order to, to execute the steps. So, but it doesn't mean that it's easier. It just, you find more your own way in a modern, a modern ballet, rather than in classical, it's more of a studied uh, dance, I think. I'm going to have to draw this to a close, and I just had one last thing I wanted to say to Pierre. And for the 2006 Repertory Season Gala, you and Pascal Mola and Nicole Leblanc danced a piece called Oni uh, by Jacques Garnier. And I couldn't help but think about you dancing that as I prepared for this interview, because you told me it was about friendship and life and looking back. And there's a lovely film of this dance, and at the beginning is a quote that you translated for me, and it's how I think of you. It's smile to life, and in a burst of laughter, love. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.